I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Music Nomad, our favorite guitar maintenance tool manufacturing masters. You should check them out on MusicNomadCare.com or on social media with at MusicNomadCare. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Brandon, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Jackson Brooksby. Hello. Hello there. Hello, Jackson from Dipswitch Demos, dear listener. If you weren't familiar, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Because Dipswitch Demos offer some of my favourite YouTube content because... Because it's it's super high quality and it's informative and it always feels like I'm just having a chat with you, Jackson. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, wow. I think you get you get a perfect balance of very tasteful playing, which makes me feel very inadequate. Oh, and, oh. Uh, oh. And, <laughs> careful, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and then just uh, and then just you know, great conversation. Nothing ever feels scripted. I always feel like I'm just getting you know a piece of your mind about the particular thing that you're talking about. So it is it is lovely. Um, and thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you very, very much. I cannot tell you how many times I've listened to that introduction. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little surreal to actually be sat here chatting with you guys. It's, uh, thank you for asking me on. No, no worries at all. Now, the the reason, dear listener, I asked Jackson on, other than the fact that, to, to be honest, it's, you, you've been someone I've, I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while because, you know, you're great. We get on and, uh, it, you know, you seem like the sort of person we should have on a podcast, but also because, and dear listener, I'm sure you'll be aware, but this week just gone was the poorly named The Guitar Show, hmm. um, which which only really works if, if, you're, if you've made a show and you're not aware that things exist outside of the UK. It's a terrible name. It, what, it should just be called The Birmingham Guitar Show or something like that, because it's not The Guitar Show. There's many guitar shows worldwide, and calling it The Guitar Show makes it very difficult to differentiate. I hate that name. I, however, really love the the team that put it on. They're, they're great. And it was wonderful to have it back, the Birmingham Guitar Show. And, of course, I bumped into you quite a bit um, at the guitar show, and we got to hang out for a little bit. Yeah. 
You even showed me my favourite thing that was there, I think, well, which we will talk about. It was my favourite thing too, so really? I had to share it. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go, dear listener. That's that's something to come because we are going to we're going to talk all about um, our experiences at the guitar show. I cannot believe that we didn't have Matt Knight there. I can't believe you didn't come. Joe, I was just looking back through the photos. I'm doing a rather long scroll on my phone as we speak, and I'm pretty sure there's a photo of me and you and Ken... Ken from, Hass. Ken from, Hass from Reverend Guitars. From Reverend, and that was the last thing that mm. we basically did together. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we have been fortunate enough to see each other since, um, but it's just mad. Looking through my phones, we had Arctangent, and then obviously we had the nam in january uh, i think i did a dealer tour with rabia uh, at one point in between that and it's like yeah, yeah everything 20 2020 is going to be great and i'm looking through the photos going wow <laughs> that's literally i think the last the last thing i did was get fitted for a suit for my no in fact birmingham guitar show that was it birmingham guitar show was the last thing i did God, before yeah. it was um, right before wasn't it Right before it, it, COVID. it was. I mean, I had this conversation, you know, probably a hundred times across the the two days at the event. But so many people I bumped into and were like, "Wow, the last time I saw you was here in 2020," and we made mm. a joke about how we shouldn't be shaking hands. Well, you know, it was right before lockdown. It was right before anyone started taking it all. Yeah, there's seriously. there's a picture here, fourth of March. Uh, me, you, Ken from Reverend, and Andy Guitar Geek from the Guitar Geek channel. I think um, I took that photo. I think you might have done, actually. <laughs> yeah. For, um, for 4th of March, and then on the 16th of March, I've got a picture of my cat, which is someone's photoshopped a £50 note onto, and it says, give me all the toilet paper you have. So that's how much <laughs> the world changed in 12 days. It went from, we're all at a guitar show, to we can't buy any toilet paper well, because the world is collapsing. Well, so um, there we go. That, Matt, is why you missed out, because... There was I, toilet I, paper. Well, <laughs> there, there was toilet paper. I, I found that out. But... Um, but but it was just it was so good it was so good to be back at a guitar show mm. it was so great to be wandering around seeing friends you know getting getting to see wonderful people like Jackson getting to see all the all the fantastic brands as well meeting new people catching up with old people and of course seeing loads of incredible guitars and effects pedals and amps and everything else that you can think of it's I I can't believe how much I missed it. It's so mm. different from just reading a press release. <laughs> yes. Seeing stuff Absolutely. in real life. Uh, exactly. I, which I still feel that I haven't done properly for a rather long time. I mean, oh, yeah. our stuff, boss stuff, obviously, but like other stuff, walking into a shop or a show and just picking up guitars and having conversations with things outside of my bubble. Um, yeah, it still feels like I haven't really properly done that yet. Well, I mean, and, and that is, to be honest, one of the best things about the Birmingham Guitar Show, because it's not just about big brands like Boss. You get to see fantastic, completely random things. You know, we'll talk about them more, but you get to see brands like Noisy Hammer, who, are, oh. you know, essentially oh, yeah. make, a, yeah, they, they, they're the, they make custom cabinet chassis uh out uh, out of like you know sort of live edge wood and uh and weird grill cloths with whatever artwork you want on them like their their booth was like a walking into a wood shop 
you know <laughs> it's, it's it's lovely to see stuff like that or, or to go over to um the crimson guitar stand where they'd actually set up luthier tables and you could carve a neck there oh, oh <laughs> I, I missed that <laughs> I did you still miss it did you that. not get to do one no oh they, they they kept trying to get me to do one but i also started drinking early at the yes, at did. the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> i noticed yeah. Yes, I, I felt like it wouldn't be a good idea. I, I, I didn't think I, I would leave a good, you know, I don't think it, it would have been wise for me to try and carve. I, I would have ruined one of their. Hey, you never know. It would. You never Who know. It might have been the best thing ever. That's it. It, it could have been like, um, what, what's that? Uh, what's that form of like, a, a, like drunk martial arts? It could have been <laughs> like that, you know. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Drunken boxing. <laughs> Um, which is always the bit that made me laugh in The Matrix when Neo gets plugged in, learns martial arts, and drunken boxing comes up. And I'm like, yeah, if I was going to be plugged into The Matrix and learn some martial arts, drunken boxing would definitely be the first thing that uh, that I learned as well. So, Joe, maybe that's the martial arts for you. I, I think, I imagine <laughs> it probably it, it probably is. I anyway. um, I, I was going to say, I just oh, on yeah. a serious note, I was gutted that I couldn't talk to Crimson because. I'm so desperate to go and do one of those guitar courses at some point. Yeah. And I, Joe, we've talked about it and we really need to, I think now that COVID is easing, we should, we should maybe book in uh, early next year. I think me and you should go and do it for some, uh, for the content. Yes. I I did have a good (laughs) chat with them about that actually. So we we are going to go and learn how to do something like that. So think of the clicks. <laughs> Think of the listens. We're, we're purely a podcast, and yeah, this, exactly. Uh, They're just people can listen to the sound of us, of, of the wood necks. breaking as Joe leans on it too heavily and it snaps right the way through. Exactly, um, exactly, exactly. But no, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gutted, gutted. Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive, and as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Mm, Well, well, yes, you missed out. Anyway, we are going to talk about the Guitar Show 2022 and all the wonderful, wonderful things uh, that we saw there. But before we 
do, because it's Jackson's first episode on the podcast, I wanted to talk a bit about dip switch demos because um, it is so great and the content is so brilliant and interesting and intriguing and unique as well. I feel like you'll you'll see stuff that you won't necessarily see in other places. And Jackson's great at giving you insight into things. So you come away kind of feeling like you've played that thing or you've learned about that thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's very insightful. It's very good. It's very good. But um, yeah, how, how long has the channel been going jackson how long have you been doing dip switch demos um officially well i think i started the channel in 2016 um so quite a long time actually um it started out as uh, my end of year uni project my sort of dissertation we had to create i was at bim uh, i know matt was also at bim a different bim um but uh yeah we had to create a sort of business model an idea product basically that we could take into the world <laughs> and right. uh, for some reason i decided to make a youtube channel and oh. i kind of fell in love with making videos about gear and things so it's kind of taken off from there really I'm not stopped <laughs> no 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 very but, much um, well there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sorry, it's uh, he hearing what you said earlier about it is put a big smile on my face because I think that was sort of my plan from the outset is to make it feel like a chat. You know, I'm not trying to lecture anyone about gear i'm just trying to you know almost act as if it's me and whoever's watching sat in a room playing a pedal or something so to hear you actually say that and put it into better words than i just did was really great thanks well, <laughs> well, well that, that that's kind of it i think um you know there's a there's an awful lot of content out there whether whether it's a it's a podcast or a youtube channel there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there in the guitar community and of of course, you know, part of doing what we all do is that is that and dear listener, I'm not letting you behind any curtain here, that the that, that brands approach us for content and so, you know, pay us to talk about them or to make a video demo or things like that. And so I think a lot of channels fall into this this almost habit of of being a press release 
um, with a with a bit of a demo attached, and that's absolutely not what you get with dip switch demos. Like uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about was your your heritage guitar. Yeah, um, which I think is you know the, you you've just got you've just put a video out on that. Yeah. I I love heritage guitars. I think they are fantastic. But I love that not only do you get some some fantastic playing examples of that guitar, you get some wonderful in depth conversation about what that brand's what that brand means to you. Your hunt to to find a guitar like that, and some honesty about you know um, about what you were initially looking for. You know, it's it's not just describing what the controls do or, or or showing us how it sounds in the bridge position and how it sounds in the neck position. It's you know, it's yeah. uh, it, it's 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 lovely, wonderful, in depth um, discussion, which I very much enjoy. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to baby anyone. You know, chances are, if you're watching watching a gear video, I guess you know what a Les Paul sounds like, or at least <laughs> yeah. what what it does. Um, so yeah, I'd much. I I don't I wouldn't enjoy going through the neck position and the middle position and the whatever you know I just this is what it means to me and maybe that will help you in your search for toad and gear so hmm. yeah that's I my think approach that's, to it all I think that's the way to to do it I mean it, we were sort of talking a little bit before the podcast but there's so many people doing a similar thing and actually the demos yeah. I always enjoy you know are the ones that people are enjoying it in their own way and, and yeah. bringing that enthusiasm about the product um, rather than like you say, Joe, like a kind of press release with a kind of like, Oh, and the delay time knob does delay time. Like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, it's just like how, you know, I saw people complaining once about a pedal demo where they're like, Oh, using reverb at the same time distortion. I can't hear the distortion sounds. It's like, yeah, but he's using it in a situation that, they like and they're getting sounds out of it and hopefully those sounds inspire you to go and be creative with it um i mean what you're doing there is getting onto my my biggest pet peeve about the the concept of of demos which is do you do you think your your phone speakers are giving you an accurate representation of the distortion Mm. but but we can't go down that route because I, i i i I can't stand it. <laughs> There's so many variables. I mean, well, YouTube themselves put on a ton of compression on it. So yeah, exactly. You know, it, when I'm watching demos myself, myself, sometimes I'm skipping the actual playing part. I want to hear what the guys or gal is saying about it and what what their experience with it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think actually one thing that's you've you've always had going for your channel, Jackson, is that you've put the effort into things like the quality, the image quality, and the thumbnails and oh. things like that really early on. It's oh, like yeah. it's, it, I tell you what, from someone who also edits videos, albeit badly, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, oh, for me, it's all about the transitions. Uh, oh, yeah. They're yeah, subtle. Yeah. They're good. They're, they're great. Like, sometimes for me, Rabia is a little bit too much. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I have the same transition pack, you know, and it's it's uh, it's a little bit over the top occasionally. No, I'm not just... You know, I get Rabia it. Rabia makes the, the best, you know, absolutely most incredible videos on YouTube. But, you know, it's there. They're a bit much... I, I enjoy that on dip switch demos, you get a subtle transition, but it's high quality. Well, and also you've got to remember there's nothing wrong with a hard cut. Nothing wrong with a hard <laughs> cut. <laughs> exactly. But, dear listener, I'm sure, you know, that's not what you want to hear about. What you might want to hear about is your absolutely incredible... 
um, Heritage uh, H150. That's what they call the the yes. Les Paul style yes. uh, uh, Heritage. Um, it, it, without you know, making you repeat, you know, too much. Well, actually, I am going to make you repeat a whole bunch of of what you have in, in that video. <laughs> so, dear listener, yeah. do check it out. But I want to hear about the the hunt for this single cut because first off, me and Matt. As being people who used to work at GAC, where we had heritage guitars uh, for a, for a very good uh, reason in in store, uh, mainly uh, because of who used to come into uh, the GAC store. Mm. Um, but you know, we, we we had great heritage guitars there. We think they're fantastic. You had yours was you, this was quite a journey for you to get to this end result of of a sort of a heritage H one fifty. It you, was, it was, it was a long journey, and it was also involved a bit of luck as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, it's really turned out well. I love it very much. <laughs> so you were you were looking for something for a two uh, two humbucker guitar because you've been listening to a lot of like new soul and funk and you thought exactly. that was kind of the most sort of appropriate instrument for it which surprisingly they are really well, yeah i mean uh, one of my favorite youtube channels ever is scary pockets um i don't know if either of you are aware of them but they basically do funk covers of pop songs pop songs that are in the charts um and they're just superb superb stuff in fact i think the keyboard player is the ceo of patreon I know you are. Wow. <laughs> You've got a picture wow. on yourself. So <laughs> they've got the budget behind them, but um, they are just superb. They do great covers. And the guitar player is a guy called Ryan Lerman. And he's always using the weirdest guitars, like weird harmonies and Tyscos and vintage stuff, but almost never uses a telly or a strap, which I guess is what you might think for yeah, funk yeah. stuff. Yeah. And when he's, when he's not using... Uh, weird harmonies and you know old 60s guitars like that he's using uh two humbucker guitars like either a big jazz box or a, an east 335 or things like that and uh i really wanted that tone um that sort of middle position honky hollow yeah uh, clean uh yeah that that's what it was all about for me so the tone that you get from two low output pafs uh was the was what I was looking for. And I really, really thought I was after an ES-335. Well, yeah, that's what I would have thought you, you would have. And, and I, th I think you, you say in your video that that was initially what you were hunting yes. for was a, a 335 style guitar. So, I mean, you know, like a an, an H150 or a Les Paul style guitar is a very different tonal palette from from a 335 it must have had to do a lot to move you off of of looking for that sort of thing and and i guess what what did you not find in 335s that that met your criteria or in, not just in gibson 335s in alternatives as well uh, they're too expensive yeah it's always the way it's always the way pretty much pretty much i mean and a 335 or equivalent will probably always be on my radar you know something that I will always love because I just love the look of them, look of them, yeah. and uh, you know it's the perfect electric guitar for sitting on the couch, unplugged and strumming along. And you know that's probably still something I'm going to look out for. But right now, the H150 was the one that kind of appeared itself to me. <laughs> right, <I see>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I've I've owned. 
one or two Les Pauls before and... You've owned Gibson Les Pauls yes, before? Gibson, yes, sorry. I'm, I'm referring to, you know, the general single cut as a yeah. Les Paul. Um, and sort of had sold them eventually, sort of eventually deciding that they weren't for me. And I assumed that ho- that whole style of a guitar was just, I was over it. You know, maybe right, that was right, something yeah. I liked liked as a, a younger guy. You know, I wasn't into Slash. I wasn't into really any players that played, well, that's probably an exaggeration, but, you know, none no, of my I guitar heroes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I to- I'm totally that, that same way as well. I think that defines you early on as the people that you're into. And I think, especially when I was younger, there wasn't that many people playing. Les Pauls only really came to me when I started working in a music shop and you've got access to yeah. sort of my more high-end stuff. Like, I think, you know, not to too much of a tangent, but I think there's a lot of people doing videos at the moment about why Fender are dominating festivals. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Joe, it's because they are approaching the people that are cool to younger people now. The time has come on this week's podcast to hear some gear. So let's check out some of the complete guitar amplification and effect solutions available from Neural DSP and their plugins. We've teamed up with Neural DSP a bunch over the last year or two. Matt and I are big fans of what they do and we'd like you to become part of that. So use discount code GUITARNERDS at NeuralDSP.com for 30% off, a whopping 30% off any of their plugins. Worth noting, you get a 14-day free trial with any of their plugins with no credit card required. So if you just want to see what all the fuss is about, you've got a whole two weeks on them uh, with any of their amps and effects. Now this week, I'm checking out the Pliny plugin suite. Pliny is one of the most innovative and refreshing electric guitarists of our generation. His distinct sound combines an unusually wide variety of styles, progressive, fusion, and metal, all with impressive fluency and elegance. Neural DSP uh, designed these plug-in amps a bit differently for Pliny. They engineered his dream amps and effects from the ground up to perfectly cover the vast dynamic uh, tonal range that his music requires. These amp designs were then obsessively modelled with extreme accuracy. The result is three refreshingly new amplifiers, a crystal clear clean, a tight and articulate rhythm amp, and a powerful and defined lead amp. Virtual amplifiers that are not only unique but can also excel in their styles. Here's a track I built using only presets. Presets from the Pliny suite and a bit of synth in there and drums. Perfect for elegant soundscape tones, super cleans and some great 80s lead tones too. Sweet from Neural 
DSP. Check it out on neuraldsp.com and use discount code GUITARNERDS at the checkout for 30% off any of their amp and effects plugins. Well, I mean, I think it's that. I think it's also that, you know, young people have bad taste. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Fender are killing it at the moment, though. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I had a few saved searches um, on Reverb and eBay, things that might pop up and uh, Heritage being one of them. I was also looking at uh, Maybach. I don't know if you've ever oh, yeah. played any Maybachs. Love we, those we, guitars. They're, they're one of those brands that we've only seen at guitar shows. And I think, yes. Matt, Matt, you and I have both talked about them on previous podcasts, normally around this time when, when there's a guitar <laughs> show. I th- yeah, I think um, we definitely um, talked about them at the last guitar show. And I think they do a really good... Um, they do a great SG Junior, I think. Yeah, I think the, that uh, was that was always the what do they call that one? They call that one Albatross. Is that the Albatross? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Albatross. Yeah. Um, but they they do they definitely do some amazing guitars. I mean, I like their their jazz poles. Their kind of um, hardtail um, jazz yeah. master, which is kind of cool. But yeah, their Les Pauls also amazing. And again, sort of reasonable value, I think. Um, a lot Did you get to try any of those, Jackson? Uh, not during this search, but I have played quite a few of them hmm. in the past. Uh, I was actually at Hennings a few years ago at, at Summer 42 Gear Street, they call it. Um, of course. I, they had, a, I don't know, maybe 20 there. I played yeah, they're, a lot they're of them. German, aren't they, Maybach? And it was so, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Home, home turf, I guess. Yeah, um, And they were great. You know, I, I, they did a really good job on... The relicking and things like that um but I, I don't know there was something about heritage as a brand and their kind of their own heritage that really drew me dreamed me to them and you know i knew that i was going to end up with a heritage and still at this point i thought it might be their 335 which is their h535 um yeah that was really what i was after and one day, just you know, as as you guys know, just browsing the <laughs> the shopping outlets that we have available <laughs> to us, uh, this came up for uh, an absolute bargain. Actually, it was a bit of a steal. Um, I got it from Anderton's in the end, actually, and I don't oh, really? know, I don't know what was going on, but either it was a mistake on the website, I don't know if I'm that lucky, but or it had <laughs> been returned by a customer, but it was at a crazy reduced price. So the 150 um, you got is a lovely sort of plain sunburst, right, with with lacquer checking. Yes, which is not quite standard. Um, so it, the, the actual guitar itself is a standard Heritage H150, but I believe it's a European limited run right? where they were aged by their custom shop. They call it artisan aged or something like that. And it's also got a pair of upgraded pickups in it. Uh, Seymour Duncan Antiquities and oh, uh, ex- excellent humbuckers. If you yeah. want that, if you want that path style pickup, very well, good. exactly. And I was after that middle position tone. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy deal. It was less money than what you would pay for a standard H150. So, <laughs> I was I, I assume it had been returned or the cost, the original buyer maybe never the money didn't go through and had been sat in the warehouse or something. I, I honestly do not know. Um, but lucky enough, I managed to pick up a great deal on it. It arrived. 
And, you know, at this point, I still thought I wanted a 335. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much until I played the first chord on it. And I, right. I knew. You thought you might flip it and uh, get a 335. <laughs> Not flip it, but maybe return it. Oh. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I played the first chord, I was like, yeah, this was this was the right call. Um, it's heavy. It's, you know, it's nine, mm. low nine pounds, which I guess, you know, some people would say is the right weight for a Les Paul. Um Something I'm maybe still getting used to, but it doesn't play like a heavy guitar. You know, it doesn't have that dense feeling that you right. get from some Les Pauls. Um, it still feels light and airy. Um, and more importantly, it nails that funky, hollow middle position tone that it was. this whole thing was about. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny you mentioned about the weight because although, yes, I've, well, you know, we've worked in guitar shops and played and picked up many different guitars. The w- yes, I've kind of gone, God, that guitar is heavy. Or, you know, um, we've talked about that particular Fender um, that was made of Okumi. Is that it? That was like super Okume. light. Super light. But mm. I just think to be put off by the weight of a guitar in general, I just think like, like you said, if you play a chord and you're just you're like... You're saying, saying that as a man whose back's intact. I think we, we should... Uh... <laughs> ah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saying it as a man who plays guitar sitting down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe, you, you, you well, shouldn't unless... suffer from that because you have your guitar so high that there is absolutely <laughs> the, no way you could suffer from a bad back. The, the, the Jay Douglas that more and more I'm starting to play is almost my main guitar. I'm still playing jazz basses the most, but my Jay Douglas bass is 11 pounds, Matt, and it doesn't matter how high you... You wear that on a strap. That's a that's a chunk of what you need. is one of those. Um, do you remember those straps we used to sell at GAC that were like double straps? No. Yes, they were yes. like um, you know when you see people yeah. walking around with like a baby, like a what's it called, like a papoose or whatever, <laughs> like <laughs> that. The, you know, you carry your uh, your baby around in that kind of straps, but then your guitar sits in it as well. I specifically yeah, remember um, selling a few of those to bass players. Uh, when I was at uh, when I was at GAC, but uh, I guess maybe for you, Jackson, you're you know like me, a big fan of music man guitars. So you've sort of played. Uh, you got a Cutlass, right? Is that is that? A I have a Cutlass and a Saint Vincent. Yeah, oh, yeah, you've got Saint Vincent. Um, so um, so yeah, they're very light. Yeah, very so light you're sort guitars. of used to very light and kind of, I guess, a different different thing. I mean, how you managed to find a guitar that you could play instead of your music man because i've restrung all my guitars about two or three weeks ago and i still have only played my music man <laughs> since i've restrung oh, yeah. everything um that really yeah it, it takes I mean, a beating yeah. that it really does i i love my music i love my music man um but uh you know i think every time i'm i'm in the market for a new guitar which isn't often i'm always trying to tick a box that i don't have mm. um oh, that's smart you know, and <laughs> maybe you could learn something there. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, so yeah. How how are you finding sitting as a as a person who sits down with a guitar a lot? How are you finding sitting with a Les Paul? Because that was it, the real adap- when I started playing Les Pauls. That was the bit that I had to adapt to. I think they are. You know, the weight is distributed very differently to. Yeah a strat or a tally obviously but you know most of the weight is at the bottom um really so it, yeah, it does off your of, lap it does it does a bit and you know the the actual single cut the horn about horn of it is probably smaller than you think it is when you 
kind of see pictures of them online. So yeah, it, it, it's fine. I mean, you, you you play the guitar. I don't play, I don't play the guitar like I play my strap. Mm, so yeah. you know, it's 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 a different experience from the ground up. I guess is is the way of putting it. Yeah, every everything plays its own way, doesn't it? You know, you can't. I think that was definitely a problem that I took a while to realize is that when i was really into playing strats and i had like an american standard for ages and then you're like oh, i want a different guitar but then nothing feels or plays or sounds like your strat and you have to kind of get out of the mindset of like i need a different guitar for a different job or i actually yeah. want a different sound otherwise i mean that's why early on i only bought strats because i was mm. I was like, oh, I love strats. They're the best thing. And they always got the sound I want. But ultimately I found that at one point I had like three or four strats. I'm like, these are all, you know, the same, quote unquote, the same as it yeah. were. You know, they obviously had slight differences, but in, overall I'm like, yeah, I haven't got anything different. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, but I also like something you said there about like having lots of different saved searches. And I definitely find that buying <laughs> anything now my 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 tip for anyone is just be patient because if oh, you're yeah. searching for something and there's a lot of it around or a few that sort of fulfill your criteria and they come up regularly um then it's always worth just waiting and holding out because you'll always get a decent deal i think if you know you're looking for something that never ever comes up secondhand and um, like the Joe a few weeks ago when we talked about the um, Fox Rocks Captain Coconut, they never come up. Mm. So if one comes up, you just go, right, I've got to buy it because, you know, you never see them. But if it's something that you see regularly, I think it's always worth holding out. Don't ever jump at the first, um, you know, the first sign of something popping up on Reverb or eBay because... Yeah. There's always something better around the corner. There's always uh, a deal. There There's always is. a deal to be made. There, there and, really and, is. And on that note, Matt Knight, I want to talk to you about Moog pedals. Moog pedals. Moog. Sorry, America. Moogie Moog. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, we say Moog. That's, I think Moog is much better. I think we should say Moog. I don't think it's okay that the UK mispronounce a guy's surname and then claim that it's okay because we're not American. I'm not I'm not sure that's a good enough reason, you know. It's yeah. I, I think uh, he always said it's Moog like Vogue. I'm sure is the quote from him. Exactly. So uh exactly. but anyway, anyway, so yeah, Moog pedals. We should talk about Moogafuga. Um so Mogafoga. Mogafoga. Uh so these were kind of uh big box um pedals that they released um way back in the kind of I think probably early 2000s. Um, and at the time, they were expensive. I mean, we definitely sold them more in the Pro Audio department when I was at GAC. And I think I remember the the last pedal they launched was the Cluster Flux, uh, which was still one of my favourite sounding chorus flanges ever. Um, and at the time, this was, yeah, probably 2008, it was 799 so it wasn't cheap in 2008 that's like a pedal being 1500 quid yeah it's um very very expensive but i did eventually buy a ring modulator and a freak box which i then sold and only recently have i kind of gone i wish i had those and so i've i started the inevitable hunt to find those find those pedals again and this comes on to the point about waiting because 
damn, when I first started looking about 12 months ago, they were so much money. I think that people were just like, you know, going back into the big box thing and collecting and guys like Josh from JHS have really driven up like people selling stuff for a premium <laughs> and um you know i no think comment. yeah he you know it's that the video he did on the df7 distortion factory and then someone listed one on reverb for like 300 dollars. and in the video it's like yeah you can buy these right now on reverb for 60 dollars. and um there are a couple uh, we spoke we spoke about these pedals a few times in the podcast but i remember talking to thorpey he's got the delay the delay does still hold a very very high value they only made a thousand they use a particular chip that you can't buy anymore um they only, you know they discontinued it really early on but all the other ones have sort of commanded insanely high prices and i've, been, I've watched them for ages and i'm like they'll come down there'll, there'll be someone who is desperate to sell it because they want the money or they want to buy something else and that's how i got the the freak box which is their single analog synth oscillator uh, which just sounds amazing and then I have the ring modulator on my board for ages and of course you have to have the Moog re- ring modulator because that is the Omar Rodriguez Lopez ring modulator from uh, <laughs> from the first Mars Volta record yeah from from di- no, uh, the second the second uh, Mars Volta record uh, did that in the cover yes. he doesn't he doesn't have it on the EP oh, that's true um, but I, sh- but, I should uh, I shouldn't have questioned you on Mars Volta knowledge there Joe <laughs> um, but I, I will say sorry I'll, I'll, I'll immediately let you carry on but uh, just so you know the the boss ring mod in the ms3 is very convincing as as a digital alternative to that guitar nerds are teaming up with music nomad and i, I really think nerds you need to check out musicnomadcare.com we've spoken about all their wonderful guitar maintenance products on the podcast and, and i really can't emphasize how important it is to look after your gear and how easy music nomad make that for you with things like their their how-to advice center and their setup hub music nomad have been around for a little over 10 years and in that time they've become one of the most recognized brands for guitar tech gear they're available worldwide in every guitar store you can think to name, and it's for a good reason. All their products are professional-grade quality. Every tool, and even the cases the tools come in, are designed for proper, rugged, on-the-road use. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad, as they are redefining and raising the bar for equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com, or follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare. Yeah, and actually, um, in the GT1000 core, I've been using the ring modulator quite a lot because it's got an intelligent function, so it tracks the pitch of the note you're playing. So everything's slightly more in tune. Um, uh, that's that's actually not what you want. From well, it, it depends. <laughs> um, but I've always loved the ring modulator sound for that and Mike Einsinger from Incubus. Um, he had the gonculator, the DOD gonculator, which again, stupid money uh, for a pedal that actually sounds like trash. Um, but I think the, the appeal of these is always that they the first few in this range were designed by Bob Moog and they are the same circuitry that was in um, like the Mini Moog and a lot of the, the synthesizers. But the one that's always eluded me um, for the longest time that I've wanted is the MF, MF-101 low-pass filter. And I think, Jackson, I spoke to you yes. about this before. Like Low-pass filter for me is like the pedal I've been chasing for ages to find kind of find the ideal one. Yeah. And I thought I'd found it 
and we talked about this on the podcast quite a few months ago about the source audio um filter pedal i can't remember what it's called now because i'm not looking at it anymore um and i was like oh the spectrum the source audio spectrum and i'm like that's wicked because it's got an octave in it it's got a phaser in it it's got filter but i still just there was just too much and i'm like what i really want isn't it and a cork mf 101 not only because John Fashante has one on his pedal board and he's back in the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> yeah. um, but they they have historically commanded also a stupidly high price. They were they were listing for anywhere between seven hundred to nine hundred pounds, which is ridiculous. No one no one should pay that money for that pedal realistically. And I've been watching them, I'd say, for about six months, and then. You know, there's so many, you get tempted, you get tempted. And then, yeah, um, just before I went on holiday, someone put one up for £400, buy it now. And I'm like, just instantly sold. It's like, that is Instant that is the buy. cheapest price I've seen for a year. <laughs> and and thankfully, what that does is that just sort of drives down the price because then people just go, I'm not going to pay like 750 you know, yeah. more than that, because I can see that they're sold for cheaper. So I think that's why it's always worth holding out. But put it on my board yesterday and the thing sounds amazing because it's the Moog analog filter, the ladder filter that's in all their synths. It's just amazing. Um, it's the one. It is the one. And what I love about that and then the other ones is that you can patch them all together like a modular system. Um, so you can say like, you can take the speed of the oscillator in the ring modulator to control like the filter cutoff speed in the low pass filter so you can actually build like a synth for your guitar <laughs> which is ridiculous and no one's ever really going to do it live but the fact that you can do it is great because you can control every function with an expression pedal and and because it sends out, you know, control voltage you can plug those into other things so it plugs into a synth it will plug into other Moog pedals. Um, and I still think that's just super unique for, for stuff around today. Um, but yeah, for me, definitely the best low-pass filter out there. And uh, yeah, the well, the other one I was seriously tempted with was the Boss FT2, um, which we only made for nine months in 1991. I sounds, sounds as if it was popular. It was not popular um because it was a really resonant low filter it didn't sound like a crybaby it sounded much more like mm -hmm. boomy and low um and you never see them they never come up for sale and someone put one on reverb and it was too much money and i put in a sensible offer and he was like no i only want this money and lo and behold it's still for sale i'm like because you'll never get that you'll never get that price for it um and i was torn between that and and the mo but that that came up and i was like that is the right price and then i also then did a clear out of everything i've got here that i definitely don't need anymore <laughs> So I was like, right, yes. I need to sell a bunch of stuff now. So uh, I've got to that point where I've, I've now got too much stuff. But yeah, if you want a low-pass filter, that is the one, in my opinion. It, does, it sounds very much like the one. Now, Matt, as much as I actually really want to talk more about this, but maybe we'll come back to it in, in future weeks. And I want to find out how you're getting on with your Zilla cabs as well. I really want to talk about the uh, the Guitar Show 2022. So I feel like, you know, now's the time for us to move on to that. And Jackson, why not start with you? And, uh, and what was your 
favorite thing from all the guitars, effects, and amplifiers that you saw at the Guitar Show 2022? Well, as as we touched on earlier, it, it was a quite a different feeling show in the fact that it was, you know, there was no massive brands and the big brands that were there actually had quite small setups going on. So for me, it was about obviously meeting uh, new people, but also getting to uh, seeing old friends and things like that. But uh, while I was walking down one of the aisles, there was a rather understated stall uh, or booth, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just a guy with a couple of banners and three guitars on stands. On the floor. And not even on the floor. <laughs> not even. <laughs> just on the floor. And he was a, it was a young guy, um, which, you know, I'm a young guy too. You know, I thought my, we might have something in common there. And this was Kithara Guitars from, I believe, Belfast. And I believe his yes. name is Chris. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. And my word, these guitars are special things. Um, oh. I've, I'd seen a couple of people play them before. He's made guitars for the likes of Ariel Posen and Corey Wong. So, you know. Not- oh, I felt terrible, by the way, when we got there. And I was like, <laughs> I have never heard of you guys. You, I- a new brand. And he's like, no, yeah, Corey Wong plays well, them and Ariel Posen. I was like, oh, oh. Don't, don't feel so guilty about it because I'd seen his stuff quite a lot on Instagram and just assumed by the look of the guitars that they were in the US and mm. we'd never, ever see one in this country. Right. Um, but no, he's he's out of Belfast. Um and yeah, really making cool, cool guitars. I um, I, I clicked on the link. I, I saw the picture that you posted, Joe, and I clicked on the link. And I was like, wow, he's really taking inspiration from that person who builds guitars for Ariel Poston. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, okay. Because it's, it's that kind of S-style body, but it's like... Um, well, there are a few models, but the one that we're talking about that I think the single guitar that maybe Jackson you're talking about, is, yes. which is the the reason this came up, and I'm sorry, Jackson, I'll, I'll let you continue. No, no, the, no, go for the, it. The, 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 the reason this came up was because whenever I bumped into anyone at the show, I was going, what what's the best thing you've seen? Because I'm aware that I'm not necessarily going to catch everything. And if someone's seen something that's amazing, I want to know about it. And Jackson was like, there's this stand. Let me show you. And uh, and and Jackson took me over to show me the. We the, held hands. We, we did <laughs> uh, to show me the Harland um, yes. by Kithara guitars. It was a, a very, it, very guitar nerd's guitar because it is, as Matt said, S type. But this particular one was shell pink with a with a tiger eye plate and a matching head cap of tiger eye as well. Mm. With a Telecaster pickup in the bridge, a Bigsby, a I think it was was it? Did he say it was Mojo pickups? Mojo pickups, uh, Mojo gold pi- foil in the neck. Yeah, uh, cupcake um, volume and tone knobs, but yes. a very special type of cupcake volume and tone knob. They even said volume and tone on them through. Very very cool. Um, and the particular one he had there was twenty five and a half inch scale strung with 17s and tuned to from from b to b oh Oh, you say all the right things joe you know how to push my buttons Uh, it was an experience um was it and and yeah how how did you find the guitar jackson because the thing is they sat me down with the guitar and i'm like i'm not a guitar player so I, i sort of i play it a bit but it's like you know i mostly play acoustics finger style yeah. so you know it's it's kind of like i'm like this is cool and i can totally appreciate it but it's you know it's it's for people like you rather than me 
it for, for, it was definitely one of the best guitars I've played. Um, it was really a special thing. Um, it took a lot to walk away from it, I have to say. Um, but it's a, it was immediately comfortable. The body shape, as we said, is sort of S-type. It has the silhouette of a, of a strap. But actually, there's a bit more going on with the contours. Um, the bottom half of it is very telly, actually. I think if you look, the, if you cut cut it in half, it would look like a Telecaster. But then the top half, the contours are actually quite SG-like. Yeah, they have uh, they're kind of carved to your body. There's a few different lines going on there, so it was immediately comfortable. Um, that particular one that we played, the shell pink one, was really nicely relicked. You know, I don't know. I know you're very picky about the back of your necks, Joe. I don't know how you found it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was good actually. It was okay. It was uh, not too bad. Not, not too, too bad. bad. Um, but it it was really good. I mean, Ario Posen is a big influence on my playing. So as, as soon as I picked up, I felt like it was pushing me in that direction. Right. Which is absolutely not a bad thing. Um, but I also actually don't think I've ever played a baritone before. So it was it was a new experience for me, and uh, yeah, kind of have has set things off for me a bit. Really? Oh, that's exciting to see if you might go in those avenues because there are some great affordable baritones on the market. To be honest, at the moment, in in longer scale lengths than this, because this is obviously not really baritone scale. No, no it's not. Yeah, really it's heavy, heavy strings. Yeah, and you know what? There was something about the tension on this though that felt really good that I'm not sure I would get from a baritone. No. Um, it I, did... F- you go on, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was strung with 17s, which is yes. ludicrous. But but B on 17s is actually quite high. Like, the tension was... The, you know, those higher strings were were tight. You know, as, yeah. as, as someone who will string... will put 12s on a guitar in D standard... There is less tension in on twelves mm. in D standard than there were on seventeens oh, in that B. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I would say that felt to me like someone trying to put twelves into E standard into just standard tuning. Okay, that's that's what All that right. felt. It was very tensiony. It felt comfortable to me. I think I, I've always played strings on the heavier sides. Right. You know, kind of elevens minimum. Um, I went through a right. phase of play 12s in standard, actually. Right. Oh, okay. Um, well, then that that's exactly why this is for you. Yeah, it, it, it did feel comfortable. Um, he, he was, Chris was saying that the tension had a lot to do with the Bigsby on it, that, the, oh. that extra couple of inches of length um, <laughs> really helped the strings, uh, sort of the tension with the strings and helped it feel more guitar-like, but obviously tuned down. Mm. Um I yeah. I think he has built the... I, I was just on his website and specced one out and then was just like, I'll just remind myself <laughs> of the one that Joe had at the guitar show. And I'm like, oh, it's basically exactly the same guitar. Well, exactly. Yeah. It was yeah. a, it was on a, it was a, it was a show deal as well, wasn't it? It was two, two grand on the nose. Oh, oh. <laughs> that hurts. Here's, that hurts. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Matt. I, I left that stool. And, uh, you know, was w- walking away and I bumped into Zach from Orange, which I thought was hilarious legend. as he's, yeah, a, a, an, a, an amazing human being. But also the only guy I know who exclusively plays baritone strung A to A. Lovely stuff. <laughs> and I was I was like, 
Zach, you need to see this guitar. I was like, Are you, do you need a new baritone? He was like, the only baritones I'm interested in are shell pink ones. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let me let me show you this stand. And uh, and yeah, he he uh, he's he's already made plans to go over to see Kitharra guitars and oh, uh, wow. and have a bit of a chat with them about. Making I um, so. that's great. Yeah, I'm just looking at their. I mean, I, I like he's done a relict one in um, with a maple neck as well, which looks super nice. Um, but yeah, shell pink's obviously a popular colour for him. I see at some point on his Instagram, he's also done a little Mustang there, Joe. Uh, Army green Mustang with a kind of vintage tortoise, uh, tortoise shell plate, which I think looks very cool. Um, but I, I'm into this. I actually think all of the guitars, the, t- the kind of T-shaped one and the sort of offset one he's got are... Yep all very cool um familiar enough but also doing enough new mm, to sort of absolutely in fact looking get me interested in fact (laughs) the more i look at it the more i like the maple necked finish um he's got a really cool maple neck one that's like super heavy relic i think he's posted on his instagram a while before um it looks like they're going to be stocked at guitar guitar um Oh, it looks- and it's just it's just one guy. He's, he's twenty six. Uh, so me and him had a bit of chat about bit of a chat about being younger guys in the industry and things like that. So I just think it's great. I'm I, um, really got on. I'm in. I'm in. Um, Joe, you need to get a, a, a loan of this particular guitar so we can uh, <laughs> so I can play it for a little bit. Chat. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's cool. I I like you know. Definitely some heritage inspiration there and some kind of classic inspiration, but also doing very much your own thing and people being into it and you being successful, you know, to sell a few. I think that's that's great. Hello and welcome back to One Hot Minute, the segment where each week I take a minute of your podcast listing time to demo a piece of gear that I'm excited about. This week I'm checking out another new update from KMA, the Fuzzly Bear 2. A wonderfully versatile silicon fuzz pedal. I love a sputtery fuzz, and the Fuzzly Bear does a fantastic job of what, of what I think is probably the best type of fuzz tone. The Fuzzly Bear was, in fact, KMA's first pedal back in 2013. The updated Fuzzly Bear 2 sees a new chassis with top mounted jacks, very convenient, and a refined tone. Simple controls, volume and gain, but the addition of a bias control, which is what makes this pedal stand apart from other silicon fuzzes. The bias control allows you to slip between a super skinny sounding brittle fuzz and a big farty gated sputter that I absolutely love. In this sound clip I'm using the Fuzzly Bear 2 with the gain and bias fully clockwise for some wonderful fatness.
Fuzzly Bear 2, a silicon fuzz with a real character and a signature sound. Check it out at kma-machines.com. I kind of agree with with sort of what Jackson was hinting at there. Like, uh, if this is what you know, if if this is what young luthiers have to offer the guitar industry, I think we're in for a really exciting next yeah. twenty years. You know, mm, yeah. ab- absolutely, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, yeah. I think there's some some great stuff coming out for some uh, some some new luthiers. What else was there then, Joe? What else was uh, took your oh, fancy? I guess, okay. I guess I'll I'll do one now and then and then you can do one uh Jackson uh, after after this. I, there's so many cuz I'm I'm looking at the fact that we've got about a quarter of an hour left on the podcast and <laughs> that I've got a list of uh, 20 things uh, that I that I'd love we'll, to we'll talk about. We'll have to go into the Patreon on more on the uh, show. Oh oh we will. We will obviously on on the Patreon we'll we'll discuss this this a, a whole bunch more. Um, other things that I saw were really exciting. I tell you what, I'll do two. I'll do two brief ones because I think you know, both me and Jackson agree the the that Cathara guitars. Whilst there were a bunch of amazing stuff, and of course it's you find it less, I guess, amazing when you know the things that are there. So, mm. of the new things there, Cathara, yeah, were absolutely stole the show for me. Me um, too. And yeah, yeah, they they were fantastic. So things that were amazing. I'll do a couple of quick ones. Fidelity guitars. Of course, Fidelity guitars were going to be great. I love Matt Oram. I think he's wonderful. But um, he had a number of Stellarosas, including a Stellarosa that he made for himself with a brand new type of Mojo pickup, which is like a uh, one of the, uh, what are they called? The Christian uh, uh, thingy. Magicians. I can't remember. Char- Char- uh, Charlie, Charlie Christian? Is that it? Charlie yes, Christian, that's, that's it, that's yeah. it, that's the one. One of those, but it's like a, it's kind of almost like a budget Charlie Christian. So instead of having that bladed pickup in the middle, it has a super rounded pulled pickup in the middle, still with that weird metal side bracketing. Listeners, I don't know if that sort of description <laughs> means anything, uh, but it's very, very cool. He had the Stellarose is my favourite shape. He had some beautiful guitars. Yes. They were fantastic. Made um, me excited to get mine. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah, forget what I was going to talk about. Jackson, you've got a Fidelity in the works and you've gone for a Stellarosa as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got it placed on order quite a while ago. I think it's it's going to be, it's on the horizon now. Oh. Uh, really excited. I mean, I played a couple of Fidelities really back in the early days of both Dipswitch and Fidelity. I don't, right. We must have started within a couple of years of each other and he sent right. over a couple um the the jb back then and the double standards yeah, yeah and the cornerstones just, of his business really those two yeah and i just fell in love with the mojo of those guitars and the vibe that um the vibe of them that, that back then I, I think it's fair to say that they weren't perfect instruments they might yeah, have had yeah. a few things you know a few things to iron out Oh yeah, and we've spoken about that plenty. There's been definitely evolution in fidelity. I feel yeah. like there's uh, yes. they're now at this point where I, I feel like they could be on any shelf in in any oh, shop, yeah. and you you wouldn't you know you wouldn't know it's a one man luthier. They're like a, they're, yeah. they're, the quality is amazing. But yeah, as with all little luthiers, everything starts off a little bit garden shed, you know. So back then, I. I told him then I was going to order one. And then uh, eventually, like four, four or five years later, I did actually <laughs> place an order. Um, 
so yeah, Stellarosa. I'm really excited. <laughs> really excited. <laughs> Did you go for the light? Then? Yes, I've gone for a light two. So oh, the I've light got... two. So that's the dual pickup, but still the affordable version exactly, of the yeah. Fidelity. So it's got a. It's going to have a mini humbucker in the bridge, like a Firebird humbucker oh. in the bridge. Gold foil in the neck. Uh, descendant vibrato, which is a new thing for me. Um, Seems to be uh, a popular choice for many luthiers at the moment, and and great great trims. I think we spoke about them on the podcast yeah. a little while back. But yeah, good, uh, definitely a good choice, and a choice I would be into. I think in terms of going yeah. for a trim, they definitely look like the ones yeah. to go for. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm just stoked to get my hands on it. Uh, I kind of because because you know you order one and then there's a a number of months between you actually getting it i'd sort of put it to the back of my mind and playing them on saturday has uh, reignited that <laughs> and uh, i'm now quite impatient that's that's the problem for me with custom shops the amount of time between when you order and when you get them because i'm so fickle it means i've changed my mind 50 times yeah. <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's half the reason why fidelity are currently making me a new neck for mine because i've changed my mind since receiving of it of course <laughs> of course well yeah. I, i've i've messaged matt a couple times asking to change the color of it. <laughs> I'm, what, I, what have you gone for what color have you what what sorry what color do you think you'll have it in well, at the moment i actually can't remember what the last thing i said was <laughs> um, it's gonna be green um, oh yes you did say this uh did you say you were going for like a british racing so it's it's either a british racing or an like an army green i can't remember which oh, one what, like an olive drab yes like mean? an olive drab sort of thing um, Olive drab sounds great. What plate are you going for? Are you going taut? Yeah, taut all the way. Yeah, yeah. Olive drab and a taut. That's very cool. Yeah, but you know, it'll be a nice surprise when it turns up what colour it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, exactly. I'm very jealous. I, I just, um, I guess I have, you know, I'd say a new ish guitar in the form of the uh, the wonderful Squire Bass Six. But you know, when you're like, I really, you know, I think actually the last proper guitar I bought. Does the Mustang count? Um, I think was probably the was the Surely Music Man. It was the Nick Huber. Yeah, it probably was Surely the was Nick Huber, which came about a year after the Music Man, I guess. Very which was nice. which now is five years ago. So you know, probably Ugh. probably time. You know, I can't <laughs> imagine going six months without buying a new guitar. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, it must have been tough, Matt. Must have yeah, been I just I, I keep looking years. around and I'm like, I just. I think this comes back to what I said right at the beginning. It's like, haven't been in a shop and played anything for ages. And I definitely see a lot online. And then you're like, I just, I, I've come close to a couple of strap pluses a few times. Um, especially the, I think I sent it in the guitar nerds, um, like WhatsApp group or signal chat or whatever, uh, a while back, but there was a custom painted strap plus that someone had had like paint drips painted down it. I was like, it looks awful. Oh but I want it. And I came super, super close. And I was like, <laughs> I can't justify it. And, uh, who knows? We're, um, we are selling our house. So maybe I can, uh, scrape some money off the side and, and, and buy a new, uh, new guitar. Um, Do but it. it's always difficult, isn't it? It's like, you know, kind of what you said there, Jason, it's like got the heritage and then, you know, you're looking at, you go to a guitar show and there's a lot of great luthiers offering some great stuff. And then, you know, hand-built guitars especially things like fidelities are, are affordable i always get shot down for this it's like oh a thousand pounds that's not affordable who are you elon musk um 
But, you know, I think even at those Cathara guitars at two and a half grand, they say one one guy making those guitars, and you can basically spec whatever you want, in a sense. I think that's a deal and a half. And these, you know, Fidelity, Cathara, uh, another one that comes to mind is Ancoats. They're all just one guy. Yeah. You know, you've got, you're, you're paying for, obviously you're paying for the guitar, but you're paying for the craftsmanship. You're paying for the for the years it's taken to learn that craft. Mm, absolutely. I think, um, and I, whether I said this before or not, but, you know, when um, recently I got married and we made our own wedding rings and I spoke to the jeweler and was like, oh, how long did it take you to learn to make a wedding ring? And he was just like, 50 years he's like you never stop learning <laughs> and i think that's the thing isn't it it's like you don't just learn to build a guitar you hone and craft you know your skill ev- evolves yeah. over time and what you produce over time changes and i think if people are making guitars like that now as, as you said joe what you know what's it going to be like in 20 20 30 years and it almost it makes you want the guitar even more because you're like i want to get one when it was just one person in a in a, in a workshop, you know, and before, unfortunately, you know, you see a lot of boutique brands that get bought out and change and, or they, they can't keep up or they, they move. And, and that's great for some things. I mean, you know, in one way, it's great that rever- reverent guitars, the way that they do it and things are made in Korea and, but they still do so much in house. Um, I think that's a that's a great option too. But yeah, inevitably you get to a point where it's like, I'm gonna have to employ like three other luthiers, and then it's not made by him, it's made by someone else. And it might still be a great guitar, but there's definitely something special mm. about you know buying a fidelity and it's just kind of Matt there in his workshop still, you know, hammering <laughs> away at one at one guitar. I well, I still yeah. love that. I think that's I don't know, it just adds a sense of magic and loveliness to uh to an instrument for sure. Yeah. I Absolutely. think it's a, it's a good time for UK luthiers at the moment as well. Or, you know, I feel like at least the next five years, we'll hopefully see some great mm. stuff from more U- UK luthiers and UK pedal builders, UK well, builders. Well, I think, unfortunately, part of that is just down to the extortionate cost. I mean, you know, of getting something from somewhere else. I mean, whenever I do well, a yeah. reverb search or an eBay search, you know, I'm never looking like you know, in the European Union because anything outside of the UK costs so much more money to get in. I don't know if it's yeah. settled more recently, no. but... No, no, it doesn't work anymore. But, you know, they got their blue passports. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Jackson touched on um, another great brand just there and Coates Guitars, another great um, UK builder. And they had some lovely stuff. First time I've got to see their stuff... Uh, in person, I think we've spoken about them on the podcast before. Um, but yeah, the the new Islington, and of course they had a shell pink new Islington mm. there, which I was a big yeah. fan of. Which is actually they told me to take away, but I was like, you know, just to, to review for guitar nerds. But I was like, I've had five beers, I've got a four hour train, I can't <laughs> guarantee the safety. So, uh, so, so at least you're a rodist. At least you're a rodist. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I can't guarantee I won't leave this on the train. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I again, you know, we spoke about these guitars. And when I saw the picture that you posted, Joe, I was like, if you want an Ibanez ORM1, but don't want to fork out the big bucks, <laughs> and you love that vibe of that Omar um, Ibanez, 
that new Islington is the way to go. What a cool guitar for, again, not, you know, bucket yeah. loads of cash, um, but something that's just sort of really hand-built and just really nice, but also looks very good in pink. I, I kind of feel that maybe people, some of these builders listen to the podcast and go, hmm, <laughs> I know what yeah. people like, pink. Um, but yeah, I, I was into that as well. I thought very, very cool guitar. Really cool guitars. He, he's about 15 minutes away from me. Oh, so, really? Uh, I've I've actually had the green New Islington and the yellow Rocket at my house for about a month. Um, great guitars. Great Very guitars. Cool. I, I filled, filmed a little video on them that will come out next week, I think. Oh, awesome. Oh, well, there you go, dear listener. That's that's where to go to check out um, reviews of the of the Anne Coates guitars. They're all named after parts of Manchester, right? Is that? Yes, is that exactly. Yeah. So Anne Coates is where his workshop is. The NQ is the Northern Quarter, which is where all the cool bars and things are in Manchester. And then the New Islington is New Islington. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Wow. It's it's very cool. And all of all of his parts and the paint even is all mostly from the north of England. So that's very cool. cool indeed. Very cool. very cool indeed. We got we got to go out uh, for for drinks with them afterwards. Um and yeah, a, a lovely a lovely man, a lovely team actually brought his wife Emma as well with him and, and they're a, a lovely team. So uh Yeah. Very so, nice. Yeah, so uh, fantastic guitars well worth checking out, dear listener. Um another Another, and you know, we're we're coming to the end of the podcast, dear listener. So we will continue this in the Patreon shortly. But another very interesting thing that I saw there that garnered a lot of attention from people passing by, and actually, when I posted a picture of it, had a podcast, uh, well, a group member, a, a guitarist group member, immediately message being like, "What, what is this? Where can I buy it?" Um, was the the prototype um, Alien Alloy Offset. Um, which is the we, we spoke about Eddie and Alloy and their polymorph, their first guitar, which is a uh, an an aluminium shell guitar essentially. So it's just it's the frame and it's hollow, so you can put your hand the whole way through it. Their first guitar was relatively modern in body shape. This next one is very much a, an offset, a jazz master Jaguar esque body shape with a wooden scratch plate, still with their Tika um humbuckers which are kind of a a foil based looking humbucker um and a big thick maple neck um they brought that along as well as a couple of their polymorphs and and another uh, sort of test guitar that was a bit um st vincent-esque but which was oh, cool. wooden which was something else that they were testing out but that that was extremely cool. Did you get a chance to have a go on that Jackson when you I were there? I did not year? have a go. They were one of the stalls that I admittedly just walked past and had a quick glance yeah it was it was hard to you couldn't get around i didn't get around yeah down down on that left side it gets a bit busy doesn't it but um very very mad guitars (laughs) it was probably the only way i can put it very cool absolutely absolutely i've not seen anything quite like them no exactly i mean there were there was one other aluminium company there Jeruman guitars which makes fantastic Oh, yeah. um, sort of slightly more, I guess, traditional or, or predictable standard shapes um, uh, in of of aluminium guitars. So it was great to see representation for from, you know, sort of the you know, British al- aluminium companies. I guess it's not <laughs> no, it's not the sort of thing that we're that we're known for. Hence them being called aluminium guitars normally. But uh, 
Um, but I, I thought the I thought it was really interesting, really cool, and really different. And I loved the sort of hybrid, modern with a traditional shape. I just thought it was extremely cool. And, and when I sat and played with it, I was like, all you had to do was strum a bar chord, and you were like, oh yes, this is shellac. You know, it had that. <laughs> it was that weird sort of like every frequency it was like if you had a normal guitar put an eq pedal in front of it and just turned everything up on full yes that's that's what aluminium guitars sound like and this absolutely sounded like that it's it they're quite interesting in the way that when i think of aluminium guitars i usually think that it's an aluminium neck and maybe a wood body but these are the other way around that's right yeah which I, I, i yeah i guess i would have thought would have maybe made them more traditional sounding it certainly doesn't <laughs> yeah um but yes they were they were extremely extremely cool now before before we uh before we go quickly before we go is there there one more thing you can pick out jackson that you thought was was brilliant we're, we're going to go on to the patreon episode dear listener and jackson so we'll, we'll continue Ooh. to talk about these but something that you can briefly mention that you briefly thought, yeah. uh I will mention Iverson guitars. Oh. Again, <laughs> they had a very pretty looking stand um, with some nice light bulbs going on. It looked very uh, like they thought it through, but still quite an, quite understated guitars. I've seen them a lot on Instagram before. And in the flesh, they really obviously are beautiful guitars, but they have this working musician vibe to them, you know, quite rugged um really beautiful guitars um in fact uh one of them is actually going to my friend joe uh, the really uh, oh. the dakota it was the oh. sunburst dakota oh that was is... about the three pickup sunburst dakota no it's the, the two pickup one. Oh, okay the two pickup one but the three pickup one was probably is probably the one i would have uh, <laughs> yeah, taken too. home uh really lovely guitars can um, you just dis- describe how that yes. guitar is made up so the uh the three pickup uh, Dakota is sort of a nearly a traditional single cut silhouette, but it has a raised center part, just like a Firebird would. Um, and then we have the three Firebird pickups in there as well. And that one also had a Bigsby on as well, so it was um, quite a unit. I'm sure it might, <laughs> sure it might have weighed a bit, but it was a, it was a lovely thing. It's such a perfect blend of looks, I think. It, oh, just yeah. that subtle Firebird raise, much, dear listener, much like the um, Reverend uh, Greg Cock models oh, yeah. with their their tellies, but this, you know, yeah, with like a Les Paul Junior esque shape, mm. with that raised block, it, it it managed to make something new, something that hasn't been done, but it still looked traditional. It still looked very traditional, yes. and the lovely yeah. lacquer checking, this the subtle. You, you're right; they're understated. They're subtle. You know, the finishes are always a bit washed, a bit worn. Yeah. Subtle la- the lacquer checking. I, everything about it was great. Just I love a, them. Yeah. A, a, as you said, perfectly put, it's a player's guitar. They're, uh, yeah, no they're no flame good. maple here. That no. was, um, <laughs> that was. I think, when we talked about it, we talked about them a while ago, Joe, and that was the guitar. I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy one of these. They yeah. were, um, yeah, I, I would seriously, any of the brands that we've talked about, 
I would have to have all of them in a room together. Maybe this is your job, Joe, is to get all of them to supply <laughs> one guitar to me and you, and we will okay. sit there and we will pick them and rate them, and I will buy one. Um, but yeah, also My- amazing guitars. I would have any one of the ones we've talked about and be super pleased, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, before yeah. before we go, my favourite story about Iverson is uh, that the last time I I saw them was was at the uh, at the last Birmingham guitar show. At that show, they signed a deal with ATB Guitars, um, a, a normally a, a vintage guitar retailer in the mm. in the UK. Um, and uh, they, they they signed a deal to stock their guitars at ATB, and and to to this day they are the only new brand you can buy at this otherwise vintage collectors shop, which is in itself an incredible honour. But I was talking to I- Iverson Guitars about that fact, and and he was saying like, uh, yeah, they sort of they they said they wanted to stock the guitars, and he was like, great. And uh, that day at that show, they were he was like, okay, how, how many? How many do you want? And they were like, well, should we start off with uh, 20? <laughs> and he's just one fan. <laughs> <laughs> so he called, his, he called his wife and she was like, how, how did it go? And he was like, yeah, good. They want tw- 20 guitars. And she was like, how are you going to make those? He was like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think he had quite the, quite the year trying to sort of... Yeah trying to make 20 guitars for a fellow who probably only makes you know five or six a year <laughs> all good, of a sudden had to good create on all of those, but fair play good on him indeed good stuff yeah, absolutely absolutely now dear listener that's all the time we've got for this week you can of course join us on patreon and at patreon.com forward slash guitar notes for an entire extra episode every week you can become a patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier you get this episode ad free and early and there are a lot of ads so there's an ad every 10 minutes at the moment so that's value a five dollars gets you access to the Patreon special episode and our entire back catalogue. $10 gets you the lot, plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. I've recently rediscovered making bad 12-bar blues, so enjoy those bad 12-bar <laughs> blues songs at the end of each episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. If you want to check out high-quality demo videos where people are just going to talk straight to you, then check out Dipswitch Demos on YouTube and check them out on Instagram as well. Um, Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, no worries <laughs> at all for, you know, yeah, for some of the most fantastic guitar demos you can possibly watch, dear listener. We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Bye-bye. See ya.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 